podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Welcome to the Roden Podcast. Stay tuned to hear all things LFC. Thanks for joining, Riley. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Yeah, good. Good. Good to have you on. Yeah, thank you. It's nice to be back on. It's been a while. Let's get straight into things, basically. How's life back home? Oh, it's busy. <laughs> busy. Always in the go. I think now that I'm on like the end stages of my rehab, I'm in the gym every single day. Um, I'm getting my cardio in via road cycling because running is just not my favorite thing right now. So I feel like I've been nonstop plus seeing family and then also on the side just working on my personal life. So been busy, but it's been good. Good. That's what we like today. I keep busy, keep busy. Um, I want to start with, obviously, the reason you're pretty much in this situation. Basically, um, I've read up on it and I've listened to quite a few interviews with the situation that you had a couple of years back, which, you know, I I don't really want to poke the bear too much, but I'd just like to ask you. um, So basically the car accident. What do you remember from that day? On the day in total, I remember everything leading up to the accident, what I did that day, watching the basketball game and whatnot. I remember getting ready. Um, I remember the music being played in the car. And then I remember the feeling of the the accident just kind of starting. Um, and then after that, it was it's kind of blank. And then I'm very well aware of the fact that I was watching myself from a I guess you can call it a third person perspective, being treated on in the ambulance in the hospital. And then after that, it's a bit chaotic. So for anyone that doesn't know what happened, you was visiting friends in Finland, is that right? Yeah, that's correct. Yeah, and can you tell us the injuries that you sustained? Yeah, so um once I was I was thrown out the windshield, um, and I broke my neck in the first two vertebrae, uh, in seven places. So my C one was in four pieces, my C two was in three pieces. Um, those were like that. That's obviously the main injury. Um, but I did my lower back, my L four, L five faucet joint, uh, in two, and then I had a subdural, uh, yeah, subdural hematoma in my brain. Um, I tore my quad tendon, tore my MCL, my knee, and uh, I had a face fracture. I'm sure there's a rib damage, lung damage from the seatbelt. I I could keep going on if you want. <laughs> now, so not only are you lucky to be coming to try and play football again or be involved in football again. You, you're lucky to be alive. Do you ever count your blessings for that? 100%. I think my perspective on life is completely different now. Um, when you, you face a grim reaper like that and you're, it's not like you're teeter-tottering on the edge. Like you're literally like facing death and you're staring at it straight in the eye. Um, you learn to, you appreciate the small things in life and my perspective on everything is so different and more appreciative of just like anything, like, a small situation that might come up that might be a little bit stressful i'm just i'm not really faced i'm more so you know i'm alive i'm happy to be here and i get to keep pushing along so yeah blessings are definitely one of those things i'm counting (laughs) good good so it's obviously it's been a long road to recovery from wearing a halo a neck brace and watching your teammates training and playing that must have been difficult yeah i'd say that's probably one of the hardest things i mean the first stage of it, I just wanted to be the best teammate I could possibly be when I was in the halo and in the neck brace. But when I got to the end stages of my rehab, especially when I was around the club a lot more, watching everyone train, play games, it was really hard. Um, 
Like I was so limited from the outside. I looked okay. Right. And everyone thought I was good, but on the inside and mainly I wasn't okay. So to, to not be able to kick a ball around easily, not be able to dive on the ground like I'm used to, it was challenging. And then also to find a way to motivate my team and still be a member of the team without physically being able to contribute in that way um, was really hard. Yeah. So how far off are we looking to see you in goal? Not, the season coming up, I'll be ready. Preseason, I'm good. Like Literally now I am, I'm fit. My shoulder's in a good place. Like that was the only thing that was holding me back before. My neck is like not even a question anymore. Um, now it's just a matter of getting myself goalkeeper fit and game ready. So hopefully I'm going to have a really good preseason um, and then I'll be flying for season. Fingers crossed. Have you got something lined up? I, I'm in the works of communicating with a couple of clubs. Um, luckily still in England. Uh, and it's just a matter of finding the best situation for myself. Like I'm very well aware that I'm going to have to rebuild my whole career. I've been out of the game for two years, right? So I'm just trying to decide on what the best situation for myself is, um, but also understand that I'm in a different position than most. Um, it's going to take a lot for someone to, to commit to me, but they do know that they're going to get someone who's relentless and resilient. So I'm excited to put the jersey back on for whoever it's going to be next. Yeah, so obviously... Uh... You're a great keeper and, you know, plenty of people will say that as well. So to be a great keeper, but also to have been through what you've been through, I can only take my hat off to you for being as strong mentally as you are because I think you're an inspiration for many people. Yeah, the mental side of it, to be this strong, is uh, it's absolutely crazy. Some people ask me how, how I do it, and to be completely honest with you, I don't know. Like My family, my mom frequently keeps on telling me, like, I don't know how you keep plowing along, but... I think I'm surrounded by people who are resilient in their own little ways. My family itself, like we have a, a lot of adversity in, inside. So I think I find my circumstances very minimal compared to what I've seen my mom go through. She's completely deaf and having, having to work in a society that is based on communication. Um, we have illness in my family with my sister and I. We have just differences, right? So to see how we each kind of tackle those adversities, this to me was just another thing that I've been nurtured into so although it's hard and although many people would say they would crumble all for me it's just there's no question about it I just want to help other people around me and make sure that I'm being strong for my support system and doing what they're doing for me I've listened to a couple of interviews with with you and I listened to obviously the one with Pete and Robbie recently um yeah which I thought was really frustrating that it was so good and then you've released that's yeah mind-blowing to me that your love for Liverpool's been obvious since you was a kid from listening to you. So you've got family from Liverpool, is that right? Yeah, that's correct. Uh, my grandparents grew up in Waverley. Has it always been about Liverpool and has it always been Liverpool Football Club? 100%. Like, I'm pretty sure all three of us, like my sisters, my sisters and I, like we, we only know Liverpool. I, we were waking up at 7 a.m. in Canada watching the matches with Tim Mortons on the table and we're all sitting on the couch, mum, dad, sisters and all ready to watch the match. So... That was something that was kind of bred into us from a young age. And with my granddad and my grandma from the city itself, it only made sense to kind of achieve and dream to achieve the uh, the hardest goal, I'd say, for many athletes to play for their dream club. So, yeah, Liverpool's been everything to me. I think knowing how the character that my grandparents were, um, it was definitely a place where I wanted to be. Uh, I wanted to learn more about my culture, my family, but also the people who my grandparents talk so proudly of. Yeah, it's. I mean, it's a unique place, isn't it? <laughs> oh, I love it. 
very, I love it. I think the people there are amazing. The city's great. Honestly, I couldn't think of a better place to be. No, when you was growing up and you say you wanted to be a professional, you wanted to be a professional. I don't know whether you've always wanted to be a goalkeeper or a footballer in general. Did you look at that back in, uh, when you was younger and think, I want to be a professional in the women's game or just in the game? You want to be a professional athlete for Liverpool? Because obviously it's it's a difficult situation for, for people who don't really know much about women's football. But yeah. it's getting bigger and better now, isn't it? Yeah, I think when I was growing up, Luckily in Canada, we had high level competition for our age groups for men and women. So for me, I was never really, to be honest, I was ignorant to the, the differences. I really was. And I'll own that. And I know in England, it was a completely different situation with the game being banned for 50 odd years for the women's game and all that. So for me, I, I consider myself very fortunate to have the experiences I had. So when I say I want to be a professional footballer, it wasn't necessarily I want to be a professional female footballer. I just wanted to be a footballer. I just wanted to play the game I loved and I wanted to get paid for it because that's what I wanted to do. It's my job. Everyone would ask me, what do you want to do when you grow up? And so you get playing for football. I'm playing football and play for Liverpool and go on the World Cup and I'll make my money there. And yeah, it's, it was crazy to hear, but I'd always get the comments saying like, if anyone's going to do it, it's going to be you. Because I was just that kid. I, I just... I committed my life to the game. I was a diehard Red fan and everyone knew that I'd end up somewhere and I was just so fortunate to end up in the place that I always wanted to be. The women's team obviously just announced that they're moving into the training facility at Melwood. That's obviously a kick in the balls, let's say, for you. We hope you'll be back. We hope you'll be back in a red shirt and we hope you'll be back in that training centre because, you know, I don't think you have got a lot of people to prove wrong, but from where I'm standing from, That'd be a nice way to finish it, round the circle. Um, yeah, 100%. I mean, I'm so happy that the club have invested into the women's game that they have, and we need a training ground. And I think that'll only take the level of playing higher, but it'll also help with recruitment for the team, and I think that's what's most important. I want nothing but the best for this club. Like I said, this is my club. This is where I want to be, and um, there's no there's no bad blood. I, I'm an understanding person. My situation is very unique, so... I will be looking forward to the opportunity to play again. Um, I will be in constant communication with the staff there because I wouldn't want to be anywhere else. So for me, I want to be back with the girls. I want to be training at Melwood. I want to be doing all those things as well, whether it's a year from now, whether it's five years from now, maybe it's 10, whatever it may be. I want to be able to put the shirt back on. So it's very, very exciting. Um, I'm promising to see that they've invested in this way. Uh, and like I said, I'm just excited to see how they do next season. Uh, and I'll be there to support as much as I Obviously, you might not be able to disclose too much information, but what was the reasoning behind parting ways? I think it's um, it's one of those things where I'm injured. I haven't played in two years, and that's the reality. I'm, I'm, it's hard to invest in someone's future when you've not seen them play. And the reality is I only played nine matches for the club. So as a business, it's important to invest in your squad and we want to stay up in the WSL. And the reality is I'd be coming back and my personality is I want to fight for minutes and they couldn't promise me that. And the reality on that side of it is in order for me to get minutes, they had to let me go and go to a place where they, I can ensure to get minutes and develop. It wasn't necessarily a, a bad blood situation. It was more so for my career and my development. And the, the objective was to hopefully um, cross paths again, but I did have a plus one, and that was the truth, but it was not um, activated. And, and at the end of the day, I think it's going to be what's best for my career and my development because I really do need to restart. Um, I've been put on pause, essentially, right? So get more game time, get get my feet wet again, and start developing and get back on the national team, and I'm pretty sure I'll be able to turn heads once I step back from the grass. I have no doubt about that. 
See, I, I love the confidence that comes from you, user. You've, you know, you haven't been playing, let's say, properly for two years, and you know you're good enough. So, I think I had to be turning, but we'd love to see you back home, obviously. Yes, I, I want to be back home so bad. So, so bad. I just, I just want to ask you on the women's game. Then, listen, I'm not going to preach that I've watched it for years on end because I simply I haven't. Yeah. But I've recently, in the last couple of years, more so with the podcast started investing time into it and you know i took my little boy to his first game and I, I you know I, we met and i met the team and he was absolutely made up with the time everyone took out to like just to speak to him basically the standard has improved dramatically in the last few years what's your message to people that are out there that still turn their nose up at the women's game and you know haven't even actually watched it i think the biggest thing to say is that if you're a football fan the ball is still round the pitch is still there. There's still goals. It's the exact same match. I actually have been reported to so many times that the women's game is a lot more intense and more interesting because there's not much of that, call it dramatic uh, essence to the game. It, we're playing. We have to play with all of our heart. This is our well-being and the life is our livelihood. We aren't getting multi, multi-million dollar contracts. We're, we're fighting to pay our bills. We're doing everything we can. We're wanting to score goals because that's our bonuses that will help us put a little extra cash in our pocket. So... The game you're going to watch, it's it's a community involvement, first of all. It's entertaining. It's fun. The kids enjoy it, which I think is the most important because not every child gets to go to Anfield and watch a men's game. It's nearly impossible for anyone to get tickets right now because it's just there's such high demand. You have to come to a, a Liverpool game, support the same club, the same ethos, same everything, but more of a community environment. And I think that's what's most important, and that's what the women's game is doing. It's, it's developing the game. It's giving a platform for the younger generation to come and watch what is possible for them men and women it doesn't change the ball's still around like i said the goals are still there so i think it's about uh it's about putting gender aside and, and sex aside it's more so about what are we watching and if you love football it shouldn't matter okay great so just just on that side of things that um a mid-table finish pretty much mid-table finish for the girls this season um What's the, uh, obviously you'll have heard the discussions and you'll know what's going on with the players and for next season. Quite a few have gone out the door, which I was shocked by, to be honest with you. The likes of Meg, the likes of Roby, the likes of Carla, yourself. Yeah. You know, I'm shocked that there's been so many players that, let's say Carla never had the chance that maybe she deserved at times. And Meg, a full island international and quality player and an absolute weapon with that throw-in. Are you shocked that they haven't stayed on? Yeah, I mean, look, the football world's a very, very tough, tough world to be a part of, right? And it is a business, and it can be cutthroat. And I think I, I don't get involved with the nitty-gritty of reasons why people leave. I don't really ask many questions because, um, first of all, it's not my business. Second of all, um, it's their personal information, right? Um, but I do know that sometimes it's a mutual agreement, uh, and I'm sure there's a handful of girls that were mutual. And I think for the likes of Carla, Carla didn't, deserves to go out and play, deserves to go out and show herself. And we just didn't have the the ability to provide that platform for her. Very similar to myself, where they want her to play. She, they know she wants game time and they can't ensure it. So now it's a decision on her end. And regards to Meg, yep, that's a challenging one. Um, I'm sure a lot of people question it, but I think Meg is a player who, no matter where she is, she's going to be a star. Um, it's a shame that she won't be wearing the red jersey, but I think it'll be before the best for her career as well. I think these adverse adverse situations and these, these troubling times where these types of players um, kind of bring out the best in them, and it kind of gives them a kick up the butt and says, you know what, well, well, I have a lot to prove now. 
not that you have to prove it, but you can show what clubs are missing out on. So I think uh, Meg will have that opportunity at the World Cup stage. And I'm really excited to see her shine there. And the fact that she's still able to kick on uh, is, is absolutely amazing. What's your thoughts on the World Cup then? Who's favourites for you? Oh, that's such a good question. Um, You know, I'm really excited to see how Australia do. I think with their recent performances against England, the past international break would be interesting. I don't think they're going to win it all, but I'm excited to see how they do on home soil. Uh, England, even with the, the lack of significant players on their squad, I think they still have a, a ridiculous squad. I think they're still going to go very, very far. Um, so I would hope England end up in the final, personally. Um, but I, I, like, I like the likes of Sweden. I like the likes of... I don't know. It's such a big year. Like There's so many good teams this year, and it's getting so competitive, which is so exciting to see with the women's game. Um, and I'll back Canada. I think uh, we had a really good Olympic showcase, and winning the Olympics is great, and Ben has done an amazing job developing the team, and we have a lot of young players coming through with a lot of individual talent. So I, I, it's an open open tournament this year. I think there's going to be a lot uh, at stake, and I'm excited to see where it goes. Good. Okay, so let's call you our adopted scouser, yeah? So, in terms of Nitsi, the scouser in the team, how yeah. far off is she from an England call-up? A full England call-up? Honestly, I think Bo's knocking on the door. And, like, pretty soon she's going to be pounding it down because she's she's been performing consistently weekend and week out. Like, I, I, I don't know anyone who has worked as hard as she has, who has kept her head down and is so composed in the, the grand scheme of things. Like, she's been in the spotlight, but... Even in the spotlight, she's not crumbling under the pressure. So I think it's a matter of time. She had a really good first year in the, the back of the WSL. And it, and like I said, she's so young. She's, I think, what is she, 22? She's still quite young, but I don't think it's far off for her. And I think with the with another season coming up, she'll be hopefully being considered. But I don't think she's far off their radar at all. Okay, I've got a, a couple of talking points just to finish off. And then I've got a message from someone for you. So your women's player of the year, Liverpool. Yeah, she's only a bow, ain't she? Hundred percent, like, and she's already kind of collected those accolades from the fan, from from the players' player. But that girl works her butt off every single day, and her attitude and her mentality is relentless. And you talk about different types of resilience, like she shows that. And I think she's a like the idea of what a Liverpool midfielder is—that box-to-box mentality. The never say die attitude, doing everything and anything possible to get the ball back, to create an opportunity, and, and she's also just naturally so talented. And she's had a great season with Wales as well, so 100 percent deserves it for me. Yeah, and she better stay, by the way. Um, <laughs> the best moments of the season for you? Oh, you know, I think there's there's so many good ones, but City game was pretty good. Ridiculous. I love that one. I, I remember I'm like fresh out of the arm brace at that point and we, we ended the, the final was went off and I did a couple of fist pumps and definitely tweaked my shoulder again, but that was a big one. But I also I also draw back on the fact that we beat Chelsea beginning of the season. Yeah, that what a way to start. Yeah, like that stuff like people not that it should go under the radar, but that's a big game to beat and we stepped up to the thing, and I think those two games are there the city and the Chelsea's the show where we're at, and the Arsenal game also wasn't a massive defeat. Those big games show that we're not far off the, the pedestal, and we can fight for the, now the top half of the next season. Um, and I think European football's not far out of reach as long as the club do do well in investing and the players uh, keep uniting and playing well together. 
Okay, and a last question before I go on to what I was saying earlier. Um, what message do you have for Liverpool supporters? I think just trust the process. Uh, that's my biggest thing. They're, being in the WSL is not easy, um, and the women's game is developing, and Liverpool is doing what they can to catch up. So just trust that it is happening, although at, on the fronts, on the Instagrams, whatever it might be, it may not feel that way, but there's method to the madness, and just keep, keep back on the girls because, honestly, we feel their support. We feel the energy on the away games and the home games, and that, honestly, is what we always talk about in, in the training ground. So keep that up and, and buy into the program, buy into Matt Beer, buy into Russ. They, they know what they're doing, and they're going to take this team as far as they need to go. Brilliant. Okay, so here's a message. You'll know this is off as soon as I say it. Um, on behalf of the supporters club and all the fans, thank you for your time spent at Liverpool Football Club and for your kindness and gratitude to all of the fans. We wish you the best of luck in the next part of your journey and hope your recovery and return to the pitch continues to go as well as possible. Whatever happens, you'll always be a part of Liverpool, part of our family and a part of us. May our paths cross again at some point in the future. Stay strong and true. You'll never walk alone. What a group. Honestly, like, there's not another fan base that has been so as special as, as they are. Like, our, our supporters club has done amazing at developing the fans in our club and, and spe especially supporting the Liverpool team. So to hear a message like that, it, like, it touches the heart courts, pulls them, and it's emotional, to say the least, and that's probably the hardest part about uh, my departure, leaving the fans, because... That, that group honestly picked me up when I was at rock bottom. So I'm so thankful for that message. I'm just so thankful for everyone's support. Well, just stay focused, stay true to yourself. And I'm sure, I'm sure we'll see each other again on the Liverpool shirt. 100%. I'm going to make it happen some way or another. <laughs> right. Thanks very much for your time, Riley. Um, I appreciate you coming on and being so honest and open. It's, it's been great to have you on because I'm trying to expose the women's game as much as possible because, you know, it's, it's it's okay talking about these multi multi million signings in the men's game, but there's not enough talk of the women's game. So if I can get the message out there, just an extra couple of viewers, an extra couple of listeners, then it'd be great by me. I think I've done the right thing. So good luck with your recovery. Like I said, let's hope to see you again soon. Thank you so much, and keep doing what you're doing because you're helping us out. So we appreciate you. Thank you. See you soon. Perfect. See you later. Bye. -bye. Thanks to everyone for listening in to today's podcast and thank you to our amazing guests. Without them, this wouldn't be possible. Don't forget to follow us on social media, twitter.com forward slash the road end pod and on Instagram, Instagram slash the road end pod.